This will be interesting. Welcome. Welcome to Loser Lee's Wrestling. Whoa. Loser Lee's Wrestling. This is uh, another episode of Empty Arena. Empty there Arena. My, my name is Red Jefferson. I'm here with Roy Hammer. How are we doing, Hammer? Hey. I'm good. I'm freshly shaved. I'm fired up. I have a baby face. You seem face. fired up. You seem fired up. Oh. Yeah, you, you do look You look uh, much younger with oh. your facial hair. All. Yeah. You do, well, the thing is with you with facial hair, I never, I do only think of you with facial hair with that, that little thing there. Yeah, yeah. That little, sure. that yeah. little thing there. Uh, I like you better uh, clean shaved. I appreciate clean that. Good. How you doing? Um, Fair, uh, okay. fair. Uh, okay. Nothing to nothing to write home about. Um, I got a show tonight, Two Cute Brothers Live. If you're in the LA area, we're at the Clubhouse every first and third Monday of the month at the Clubhouse in Los Feliz. How's that venue? Oh, it's great. It's a great yeah. spot. Great spot. Free, uh, free beverages. I can't say beer. Look at mad at me. Supplied by you or by the theater? Oh, uh, me. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not a money-making venture. Um, uh, welcome, everyone, to the show. This is Loser Lee's Wrestling. We're going to be covering a few things today. Um, covering uh, Young Rock, uh, the hit show on NB. Is it hit? Yeah, I actually think it is doing pretty well. Yeah, it's interesting. We uh, we haven't seen the first season because it's not available anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so we watched the first episode of the second season, and we know The Rock enough. To be able to fill in the gaps like right. it's not like oh we're missing some storyline yeah. like it's just right. it's all pretty much there um but also we're going to be covering today uh a random episode of smackdown smackdown december 27th 2001 uh which we'll talk about the final uh, smackdown of 2001 yeah if you want to go to uh watch it uh yourselves on the peacock um go it's season you have to type in smackdown you can't go to the WWE page you have to type in smackdown then you get to the page and you pick season three and it's the first episode billy and chuck are uh uh standing in front of stacy keebler who is not amused not amused that they're really into her hair she's, yeah she's not into it she's not um want to talk about young rock first let's talk about young rock let's get into it i literally just finished literally great. just finished it great um you want to go with your opening thoughts I want to hear your opening thoughts because you sure. made a point of saying before we hit record, ooh, I, I really liked Young Rock. Well, I Let's didn't say really Rock. liked. I, I said I, I really liked it. Liked. I really think it was a great show for me. <laughs> That's what you said. No, it's not what I said. Your flavor, you said. Maybe I did. Um, yeah, I thought it was okay. Look, I did see the very first episode last year when it first came out. And uh, I did not like it. And I did not go back and continue watching it. Um my overall thought, my number one thought, I thought I ran my dog over with my chair. I didn't. Um, my <laughs> over you hear that? <laughs> well, that I heard a noise, so I looked down. Oh. Um, I love the idea that your dog would just make a <laughs> rather than an actual noise. <laughs> she just gets startled and runs away, but I didn't hear. I didn't see her. Uh, my overall thought of Young Rock is if I was a billionaire and I was in Hollywood, I would also create a sitcom in order to tell a revisionist history story of my relationship with my father. I would do that too. I, I get that. I, I, and the thing is like, it's not as bad for me since I kind of enjoy seeing, potentially seeing the people that uh, are, are characters in the show. Like, yeah. you know, when we saw Tony Atlas, that was kind of fun. Yeah, and oh, I, I, saw, that's the stuff I enjoy. I don't that, care that's the stuff that. I enjoy out of it, but boy, is it a poorly written show? Like, I, <laughs> it, like there's nothing, like it's a comedy. 
there was nothing funny in the entire <laughs> show. There's zero funny. I'm going to laugh. There's no, I don't even know if there were, a, there's a joke. <laughs> like, I don't I know. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of very specific rock humor. Like if you watch a lot of rock stuff, like his relationship with the other guy that's interviewing. The interviewer. Yeah. That's another thing. Like, it just feels so put on. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like such a forced thing. Like their entire relationship is just, He's breathing on the radishes, like, don't breathe on the radishes that way. That's a weird way to breathe on the radishes. And then he breathes on the radishes again in the same way. Let me just get, for those of you that haven't seen the show, um, this is uh, this is in this weird dystopic future where The Rock is now running for president, and he's a locked away. He's a yeah. locked away, which actually is honestly maybe 2028, possibly. Uh, that's my take. Um, but uh, he's, he's uh, probably going to win, they say, and he's having this interviewer come, and he gets full access full access on the rock where he's asking him all these questions. And uh, I guess the entire show, you saw the first episode uh, of the first season. Yeah. Was that still the same premise? Yeah. Yeah. But it was like very, he had just started his kid. He like just declared his campaign, his Shit. whatever. What happened? You okay? Keep talking. I need to grab my water. Yeah. He just like declared his campaign or whatever. So um, yeah. So now I guess he's going to be the democratic nominee. Did they give an affiliation? I was wondering if Rock was that courageous. I think I, I feel like yes, but I could be wrong about that. Maybe that was also wishful thinking on my part. I'm curious. I, I hope he did just to have some backbone there, uh, yeah. even though the Democratic Party is nothing to be happy about. No, um, but uh, at least he wouldn't be saying like, oh, I'm running with the American Party, like right. this fake party, yeah. just so that he doesn't push anyone away from the show. Um, right. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, so then it, they just kind of do this non-linear, non-linear storytelling where Rock randomly brings up stories about his childhood, which really don't seem like they fit or have a connection. Yeah. Like, are <laughs> we talking about his dad? Uh, he's like, oh yeah, my dad. And I thought it was like, oh, this is the dad episode. We're going to yeah. talk about his relationship with his dad and show maybe some stories and revolving around his dad. And we got a little bit of that. But like then it just segued. So like we got a few stories here. Let me just uh, I wrote some notes. Want to hear some notes? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll go over a few notes here. Um, so uh, yeah, The Rock. Uh, he loves his father. They see him watching his father win the big belts with his mom and his grandma, which is very sweet. Um, but he imagines himself in the role. Okay, so I'm like, okay, is this what the show's gonna be about? A lot of Rock's imagination. Uh, a lot of but this one was a, a dad themed show. They show him in Tony Atlas. How did you feel about the guy who played Tony Atlas? I actually thought he looked great. I thought he looked, he looked just like Tony Atlas. That was great. The only thing that and I that thought... And that laugh. That yeah. laugh was good. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that like stuck out to me in that scene is like, there is no way Rocky Johnson brought the tag team title belt to a restaurant and Tony Atlas was like, oh, hell yeah, great belt. Tony Atlas was like, you fucking Mark, why are you bringing the belt to the restaurant? The very idea that, like, so uh, the scene starts, uh, you know, Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson, they were the first uh, black champion, the tag yeah. team champions. And the, I think the first black champions in WWE, I, probably. Yeah, I would think um, so. Uh, so and then uh, they show all the fans knowing who he is afterwards. They're going to a restaurant to hang out with his tag team partner, Tony Atlas. And he's letting Rock hold the belt, baby Rock, uh, hold the belt. And Tony Atlas is like, He's like, give me the belt. Like, what? <laughs> and, then, and then Rock's like, no, I, I want to hold it. And he's taking this belt from a five-year-old. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. Tony Atlas was such a dick. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do like hearing that the Rock is upset with him. Yeah. 
I also like not to be real nitpicky about this, which is funny because um, Dave Meltzer will do a review of each episode of Young Rock and just pick <laughs> it apart. No, it's funny. I, I can listen to about, it. Might, he, it might be funny. It might he be goes funny. on for about almost 10 minutes. I can listen to the first two minutes because he just picks apart all the historical inaccuracies of it. He's like, well, that yeah. wouldn't have happened here. And that, that he was never this time. And the thing is like, you know, it was regional. It was the WWWF. It was regional. So there's no one in Hawaii that's like, oh, Rocky Johnson. Yeah. Thanks yeah. champion of the New York Territory. Yeah. They, they assume it's like 1989 right. or something like that. Right. Um, but the thing is, like, uh, I also heard um, Jim Cornette uh, <laughs> talk about the show, and he's very upset about the inaccuracies as well. Uh, but uh, they, uh, the, the thing is, like, it feels like Rock told a few stories each episode. He told yeah. some writers a few stories, and they're just like, well, we're just going to fill in the blanks with whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> yeah. And so they just kind of fill in with nonsense that doesn't make sense. Like the uh, uh, Rock, he uh, shows up in Memphis, and he gets picked up by his dad, uh, by, by Bob Owens. Yeah. Uh, Bob <laughs> Owens, uh, Memphis. Uh, and Bob Owens is just talking about the business. <laughs> just yeah. like, he's like, yeah, I'm a I'm a heel and I lose for the baby faces. <laughs> it's just like, why this exposition? I'm sure they covered this in the first season. Yeah. And also no one, no one talked about the business then. Like no one's just going to have this like teenager no be like, did. yep. So here's what kayfabe is like, it's not going to happen. Uh, then he meets up with uh, downtown Bruno. Yeah. Downtown I like this Bruno. guy. I like Honestly, this actor. This was the best part of the show. Downtown Bruno, because he actually kind of felt like, <laughs> yeah. felt like a Harvey Whippleman. Yeah. There's definitely a, like a, a sense of that um but he uh he lives with him and then they just kind of drop the father story because the father just goes off on the road again he's just like oh, i had a complicated relationship with my father and then he jumps into the cfl they just jump into the fact that he didn't make the nfl team yeah it's it's again it's like this weird it's like him forgiving his dad for being a bad dad but on national television in front of millions of people after his dad has already passed away Rocky Johnson passed away? Oh, yeah. A few years ago. Am I forgetting something? I could, I'm, I'm shocked. What year? Um, I believe it. I believe it. It kind of rings a bell now because I remember The Rock making a post. But, uh, but I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know. It, it, everything feels forced. And it feels very, like, presumptuous <laughs> that The Rock's like, oh, everyone's going to want to see this show because it's telling stories about me, The Rock. Uh, it, it feels very uh, narcissistic of a show, right? Yeah, yeah. But not absolutely. a fun way. Um, yeah, I would say it's mostly not fun. I the thing that I think is fun <laughs> is when the wrestlers show up. Like I think Tony Atlas seeing Tony Atlas was a lot of fun and seeing downtown Bruno was a lot of fun. Like I thought that was fun. Wanna what I would love? Hmm. I would love if someone just cut up that show and only showed us wrestler right. uh the who plays the wrestlers. Like I wanna see, you know, Iron Sheik and uh fucking who else? I can't think of any other wrestler at the moment. Right. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, like, cheek. I wanted to watch the first season with you so you could see the actor that played Andre. I saw clips and pictures yeah. of it. Yeah, terrible, terrible yeah. choice. Not good. I mean, how do you find someone to play Andre? Like, I could find someone to play Andre. <laughs> oh yeah, I could find someone <laughs> yeah. to play Andre. You got to do the Gandalf trick. <laughs> <laughs> you get Jason. Up. You get Jason Siegel. You ever see Jason Siegel's Andre the Giant? No, is it good? 
oh my God, it's so good. They, he was on SNL one time and he did a scene, Andre the Giant ordering ice cream. And it's just like, oh, there's so many flavors. Give me vanilla. <laughs> it's just so good. It's such a fun thing. Um, but yeah, so uh, is Rocky, when did Rocky Johnson die? Did you see 2020. What? Yeah, 2020. I knew it wasn't too far ago. No. I don't count anything uh, since 2022, or 2020 as uh, like a long time ago. I yeah. think of it all like that's all the past year. And it's also rough to like, you know, we talk about this sometime, like, you know, old wrestlers who are broke. It is. To, he really glazes over a lot of sad tragedies in Rocky's life. Like it's 1995 and the guy's delivering electronics to for Circuit City and also like having to put together a side hustle as well just to make enough money to survive. Like that's sad. And that's something that should be talked about a little bit more on the show. I, I, I wonder if they do. Maybe they did in the first season. That's why I'm not a big fan of this kind of mm. storytelling, because yeah. like if, if this is what they're talking about, the first episode of the second season, what did they talk about the first season? Right. Right. You know, what, what, like, is it just random, completely random stories with no cohesion? Oh, wait, there is cohesion. Oh, there is cohesion because at the very end, at the very end, Sean Austin, ever heard of him? Uh, uh, Samwise Gaunji? Maybe you heard of that guy. Samwise Gaunji? You don't know I, I, what are you talking about? Sean Astin, he's from the Goonies. Oh, yeah, I know Sean Astin. Yeah, was he in the show? You didn't see the last minute of the show? What? Ha wait, I thought I did. <laughs> Sean Astin's on his computer typing away and he's just like, he's on Twitter. And I don't know if he was a returning character, but he's just like, the rock is not a good dude. Uh I knew him in high school. Uh, everyone has to hear what I got to say. And then that's how it ends with him saying like, Oh, the rock's not a good dude. And then I guess the next episode, the rocks would be like, yeah, yeah. I, I killed someone. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to say, but rock probably wasn't a good dude in school. He went to the University of Miami, yeah. and apparently University of Miami football team is evil. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you ever get a chance to see the documentary, that really paints a nice picture of how terrible they are. But they celebrate the debauchery in the documentary. Do they celebrate it? Yeah. Isn't yeah. it really criminal, <laughs> like felonous? Yeah, I mean, look. I don't Assaulty? Think, <laughs> I don't think they go into the assaulty part, but I think they're just like, women were everywhere. We were the football team. <laughs> you know. It was okay. made like 10 years ago before uh, us as a public society uh, stopped celebrating those things. I think this is a way, this show is a way for The Rock to air his maybe dirty laundry in a very pleasing way to himself or like easily digestible way so that when he does run for office, which I do believe will happen, Yikes. Um, what, what is anyone going to bring up? He's right. literally talked about everything on his sitcom. And like he's like, yeah, I own up to everything on my sitcom. <laughs> like it's right. just, it, it's such an easy pass. I'm sure there's more to it than that, but that's a really nice byproduct for him. For sure, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's depressing as hell. Roy, are you giving the show a woo or a what? I'm giving the show a what overall, but like, yeah. would I watch another episode to see like Ric Flair and all the other actors who are like portraying these wrestlers? Yeah, I, I'm curious, I, morbid curiosity. I just want the clips. I just want the clips of totally. it. Uh, yeah, this totally. is a total what for me. This is a total yeah, what. A what. I wish I had. Have we watched anything documentary-wise that hasn't been a what yet? Um, we covered uh, WWE Evil. Yeah, we didn't like that very. We liked did the not first like half. that. 
we liked the first half and then it took a big downward turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, what else did we, uh, I don't well, know. We I guess last time we, we just watched barely legal. So, but that yeah. was, that was a woo overall. That's a woo overall because yeah. it's historic. Yeah. It's historic. Um, I think we covered as much as we can cover from yeah, uh, think, young rock. We, uh, we really that. squeezed every <laughs> drop of juice out of that. Turd. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got to talk about something else. We got to talk about, um, SmackDown, December 27th, I don't know, 2001. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, the last episode of 2001. And, uh, I do know a lot of the backstory. I did see this live. Okay. I did see this live. Did you see this live? I don't have a clear memory of it, but I probably did. I would assume that I did. Yeah. There's some things that I have a very clear memory of, and really? I remember seeing it for the first time. Yep. 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 Uh, this is actually maybe the first or second time I saw Ric Flair. <laughs> what? This was uh, because I never, I never saw him. Right. I yeah. That's I never point. saw him. And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, SmackDown, December 27th, 01. And we get that beautiful opener. Yeah. 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 Then WB flashing. And we get the beautiful people opener. Marilyn Monson. My favorite, my favorite SmackDown is that your, open. Is that your favorite SmackDown open? I think so. Yeah, I think so. My favorite is the one right after this, right after the true brand split that just happened after this, right? where they had the two champions again, and they had, uh, uh, I want it all, the excess, the right. sex, and much success. That's like 04? I want it 05? all. That's 03. Really? That's when it starts, because like right after this year is when they truly go with a, a brand split. They right. have their yeah. own champions. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, uh, Triple H gets appointed on Raw. And yeah. who gets the smack? Brock. Brock. Yeah. Brock After beats. Brock beats Rock at SummerSlam 02, excellent pay-per-view, uh, Brock then moves over to SmackDown, officially becomes that champion. And then Triple H is literally gifted a title. It is just yeah. the champion. The weirdest thing. Yeah. Um, but, just for uh, the record, too, I, I just want to let you know that I don't know. The video is being weird, so I can't really see you. What does that mean? It just, what don't you see? I see you in like frames, in like frozen frames. That's kind of fun, actually. Yeah. So if you ever, if you like make a face and I don't react to it and you're like, well, I guess that didn't land. I'm just having trouble seeing it. No, I think this is going to add a new interesting dynamic, not only to the, the podcast, but for the Patreon that you could subscribe to. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be able to see this video. So am I making weird faces and you could see it, but Roy can't? That's part of the fun. <laughs> That's part of the fun. And we're having fun. Um, did you, you know, what I got to tell you, well, before I tell you, how did you feel about this episode? Independent of everything that you knew of everything, like as just a piece of wrestling history at this point, something you hadn't seen in many, many years. How did you feel about it? Honestly, it was a well-produced show. It was a tight show. I don't think it was great, uh, but I was never not entertained. Yeah. Or I was never not, there's never a lull you know does that make sense yeah no i thought this was a lot of fun i had a lot of fun watching this show i think there's stuff there's some stuff that's hokey and like kind of corny but honestly i would take this version of hokey and corny over anything the wwe's doing currently a hundred percent a hundred percent uh let's talk about the first match uh we get the dudleys coming out yeah uh dudleys are the uh tag team champs um on raw or smackdown i have no smackdown tag team champs, presumably and, they were uh, they were just the tag team champion. There was no brand split, so they were just the tag team champions. They didn't do the brand split. Oh yeah, that's right. That happened yeah. later this year. Right. I'm so sorry. Um, but uh, a little backstory here: the Dudleys are going to be facing Spike and Taz. So what happened on Raw during the Christmas Raw? 
Uh, Taz cost Bubba Claus the match against Tajiri Claus. Uh, there was a Santa Claus match that uh, Taz cost Bubba. Um, I think Bubba made fun of his height. He's yeah. like, I have elves bigger than you. Yeah. Because he was in Santa Claus gear. Right. Taz hates being called out on his height. Yeah. You know yeah. Um, so we get a match here, and it's a good match. Yeah, it's a fun match. The crowd's hot. It's a good time. Do I think there's like a little crowd sweetening happening? Maybe it was a tape show. I really do think so. Yeah, <laughs> Smackdowns, they were always so fucking loud. I remember <laughs> I like thinking like Raw kind of sucks. Nobody <laughs> likes Raw. It sounds like they're shitting in it. Uh, but yes, they were the crowd was hot. Um, and I love everyone in the match. I, yeah. I love the entire t- uh, team. Uh, we get uh, Taz. Of uh, one thing I noticed about Taz, and I love Taz, but I noticed there's always something off when he's selling. Yeah. And there's always been something off. And yeah. I realized what it is. His face never changes. Yeah. He never shows pain. He never shows pain. He never shows anything. His face is always the same, yeah. uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, but Spike is great. I love seeing him run around. Everything he, like what, what he does, he always makes himself um, uh, believable in a way that like, oh, like this guy could do it because he's feisty, he's quick, and he'll use his body to get you, right? Yeah, I, I think I was thinking I was looking I was watching this match and I was thinking about Spike Dudley. And Spike Dudley, by the way, when I was a little kid, outside of like Sting and like New Jack, Spike Dudley was like my favorite wrestler when I was eight or nine years old because he was small, like me. I was tiny. I was the youngest of three brothers, so I was small. And I loved Spike. And looking back on it now, there's maybe not a wrestler in the history of the wrestling business that got more out of their talent than Spike Dudley. He milked every ounce of his talent to the utmost of its abilities before he retired. Yeah. And uh, what, even like uh, what, his best run, I feel, was even a little later when he became a heel and he was like the top Dudley. Right. And he kind of bossed around the Dudleys. He had a short haircut and he was just this cruiserweight champ. I he had love like it. a good, like big yeah, goatee. Yeah. yeah it, he did. No shirt too. Wrestled that no wasn't shirt. his best run. His best run was right now with him dating uh, well, a little bit before when he was dating right. Mighty Molly, right. uh, like uh, a little bit. I think it was early when she was dating Molly Holly. Yeah. And then him and Taz went on to beat the Dudleys, right? For the tag titles. I believe they become tag champs a few, a little bit from now, but in this match, they win. Yeah. Um, uh, Spike bites uh, Stacy Keebler's butt um, because Stacy Keebler's uh, joining the Dudleys. Right. Uh, we forgot to mention that. So Stacy Keebler is their valet. Uh, Stacy, uh, if you've never seen her uh, as a valet, she uses her butt to distract right. uh, the opponents. Right. She'll stand up on the apron and show her butt. And uh, Spike saw it and bit it uh, because Spike is. Uh, uh, a deviant. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know what to say. <laughs> well, that may not age well, but at the same time, if no. you had to choose between Spike like biting someone's butt or like kissing someone against their will, a bite of the butt is a little bit uh, less egregious. Yeah, like on ECW, uh, fucking barely legal. <laughs> just Jesus, uh, Rick Rude <laughs> just grabbing Francie. Not cool. Right. Um. But yeah. So the win comes with uh, uh, Spike Dudley uh, getting the transmission put on. Uh, no, Bubba's Dudley getting the transmission put, uh, put on, and then Spike Dudley doing the Dudley dog to Devon and getting the three count. Really yeah. tight little match. And I tight thought it was match. Yeah, and, and all the matches here were tight little matches. Like nothing was long. <laughs> yeah. Nothing was long. Uh, but which is bad and good, you know. Nothing dragged, but also some things need a little bit more time. For sure. Um, right after this, we get a weird ass segment. We get Vince McMahon in the back 
with a ref and Perry Saturn. <laughs> I loved this segment. <laughs> I loved this. What a weird thing. So Vince <laughs> is talking, and he wants the ref to send a message to Ric Flair that he has a big announcement coming up, <laughs> and it's going to be next. And then he's like, hi, Perry. Yeah. <laughs> he shakes Perry's hand and leaves. I <laughs> what a love- weird thing. Yeah, nice to see you, Perry. Oh, good to see you, Vince. And then he walks off. (laughs) Red, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) Can you hear me? Were you fucking with me? Did I disappear? No, no, you you went glitchy. You went glitchy for a second. Now Uh, we're good, right? Okay. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you've you've been glitchy this whole time. I'm just moving. Good Lord. I'm a freight train. Uh, I'm going to turn off my Wi-Fi. Um, but, uh, continue. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. love that. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you, Vince. And then he walks off and the camera just like, cause you know, every WWE backstage segment has to end on that, like 15 second freeze frame of whatever they're looking at. And it's just Vince walks off and Perry's just is standing there admiring Vince as they it's go to commercial. So weird. This is post moppy. <laughs> Right. This is post Moppy. Right. Like what? I forget what happened with Perry during that time because post Moppy. So he was with the Malenko as a tag. Yeah. Then he got Moppy, and then he yeah. still was a tag. But then he started winning the Hardcore title a few times because he had CTE. Uh, and then <laughs> later, then then he just like vanishes for a while. And this may be like the first time he's shown up in months. But this also may be his last appearance in the company too. It like there are, there are a lot of guys on this show where I was like, is this it for you? Was this one of your last appearances? That's true too. Um, next up, we have Vince coming out because he's the co-owner. Uh, the other owner is Rick Flair, Rick Afalayer, uh, and I miss this Vince. Yeah, I miss this Vince a yeah. lot. This like, Vince, that- especially on this show, completely over the top. Like this Vince yeah. was not even like standard heel Vince. This was like completely over the top heel Vince. Like out, he was out of control this whole show. From two thousand two. Uh, from 2001 to 2004, he was the most cartoonish person yeah. on SmackDown because yeah. he was on SmackDown almost exclusively yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. And so like him and like the whole thing with Mr. America. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, Zach Gowan. And, and Zach Gowan. He just rips <laughs> off his leg <laughs> and starts making fun of a one-legged kid for uh, two months. <laughs> when he, when they do that arm wrestling contest and it kicks, kicks his <laughs> fake leg and then he like limps around the ring mocking him. It's still so funny. It's, it's so, so funny. funny how terrible it is. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, Vince come out and they start doing the what chance and the what chance are fairly new. They came yeah. this past summer. Mm-hmm. They just came this summer. So uh, they're fairly new. Vince it gets upset at them. <laughs> Uh, the first thing they, they start chanting and then he's just like, he starts repeating because he's trying to be funny, but it, he doesn't realize, especially back then, no one realized yeah. you're egging them on. If you yeah, do that, right. <laughs> you're, yeah. they're going to do it more. Yeah. And so then he pretends to leave the ring, like uh, that he was going to stop everything, stop the whole show or something like that. Then gets back in the ring. Uh, and he just, he does the smart thing, which is not play the cadence, right. you know, now, don't leave on sentences that leave room for what, make them different spaces. The sentence like short right. one, long one, you know, you have to be creative and he wants to make his new year's resolution, right? Yeah. <laughs> he has a re- new year's resolution to make and he wants to become more powerful. <laughs> 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 he wants to become more powerful. That's his new year's resolution. And then Ric Flair comes out. Uh, Ric Flair comes out. Looks sad. I wrote, looks sad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Ric Flair. So I, when I first saw him, I remember hearing about Ric Flair. I heard his name. Sure. I remember people saying, I remember reading Foley's book. 
Right. And him talking about Ric Flair, saying he's right. the best wrestler in the world, uh, bad booker, but great wrestler. I knew <laughs> that about him. Uh, but then then he like when I first saw him, I'm just like, he sounds like Daffy Duck. <laughs> I, I was shocked. He does. He's just like, this is a freaking nightmare. <laughs> you think you know me, Vincent Kennedy McMahon? It's just so wacky. It, it shocked me. Uh, I was like, this is Ric Flair? <laughs> Everyone talks about this suave, debonair ladies man, and out he comes, literally Sylvester the cat. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just nuts. Yeah. Um, and he comes out, looking sad, like I said, and he says that uh, Vince McMahon needs to stop making an ass out of himself. That was a big thing, because he's, whenever he talks, he makes an ass out of himself. Uh, and then Vince threatens to knock out Flair, uh, and Flair has this long story about being uh, in the NWA in 1988 yeah. and uh, coming to the company and, you know, all this stuff, uh, basically setting up the whole thing, uh, the, the, the match that's going to be about to happen. I thought this was great. I thought this yeah. was really, really good. Like, really good. This is classic Flair. Yeah. This is like, I probably hated it then because I was just like, this guy sounds stupid. How could <laughs> anyone not laugh when this guy is talking? He sounds like an idiot. Um, but uh, that, but it was really a classic Flair promo. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't think this is ever really talked about, but this promo is very good. And it's partially yeah. not talked about because he's had so many good promos, but this is really good. I like this flair. This like, I remember being really excited when flair showed up um, because he was a WCW guy and yeah. I was excited about that. And yeah, I was, I thought like his hair looked good. He looked good. I like casual dressed up. This is like business casual Ric Flair. My first, my only introductory, like really until the DVDs started coming out, was Old Man Flair. Right. And I will, dare I say, Old Man Flair, better than any of the other Flares. I, I feel like Old Man Flair had, and I, I think that's similar with a, a, a few different wrestlers that have this. Like I think Terry Funk mm. got better in the 80s and, and 90s and then started to fall down. But um, I, I feel that uh, Ric Flair when he had that seasoning, that age, and that character of like, oh, I'm the wily old vet, like it's still sneak one out. You know, I think that was his best character. And That's I think because of that character, I, I, I like uh, maybe it's because I wasn't living in the time of like sure. I was living, but like I wasn't uh, sure. watching. Well, you also the, weren't the alive 80, in 80, yeah, 85. I was even, yeah, I was alive in 88. Right. Um, but like right. uh, when he was talking about <laughs> the NWA. Right. Um, right. But, but the thing is like, I, I see those and like, I think they're, they're they're fun. They're very good matches, and he's a he's a good performer. But I, I just I, I think that like 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 Brett said many times, it's the same match. Yeah. But as he's older, he's having different matches, very different matches. One where he's dominant. One where he's just like crafty vet that's got to sneak one out. You know, like there's a lot of nuance to his older stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I I I'm. I don't know if I totally agree, but I also don't disagree because I am someone who thinks Ric Flair is overrated personally. Yeah, he is very overrated. Um, and I agree with Brett that all the matches are the same. But, I mean, was he the best wrestler on the planet in from like 84 to 91 or 92? Yeah, he was. Mostly because no one else was doing what he was doing other than like Ricky Steamboat. Like no one was moving like he was moving at that time in America. That's fair. And it's true. He is it, groundbreaking, whatever. Yeah. Um, Flair, uh, Flair starts talking about um, how Vince said that he gets in his own way, that he's the one that stops it. Uh, he stops the uh, his, his own success, uh, which reminded me of the Jericho Eddie 
uh, Kingston confrontation. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. Uh, but uh, then Flair, he's like this, which is a great line. He's just like, he's like, all this and that. He's like, what in the world do you have to tell me about wrestling? <laughs> just blows up, throws off his jacket, yeah. sweating up a storm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then he challenges Vince to a match at the Royal Rumble because he saw, you know what he saw? He's double dipping. He's double dipping. He's double dipping. He checked the contracts and he saw Vince McMahon, uh, CEO slash wrestler. Uh-oh. Double dipping. Double dipping. So he's like, I put you in a match for the Rumble. And then uh, Vince is like, Who, what sorry son of a bitch do you have facing me? <laughs> and then he's just like Ric Flair and he punches. He says, uh, uh, I have your face in the next guy who punches you. <laughs> he punched him. He say punches you out, but he dropped the mic too soon and punches uh, uh, Vince, leaves the ring. And uh, that's a fun way to start a, a yeah. program. Yeah. And again, Vince's face when he, can you see me in my video? Oh yeah, I see. Vince's like, when he grabs his jaw and goes like, and like keeps pointing. Oh, I up. love that. It's so dumb. It's so oh, silly. So good. And then even later in the night, you see him holding his jaw. Just yeah. like, oh. That segment uh, too is ridiculous also. It's well, really we'll get there. We're yeah. going to get there. Yeah. Um, next up, we get the Xbox Slam of the Week. Uh, <laughs> Tim, Tim White punches Test. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Tim, Timmy White punches and punches it's Test. Also, and the, the referee, Tim White. The punch uh, is like very much like a, it's like a Rick flair working punch like it's so yeah. obviously not a good real punch and he's so yeah. little and test is so big it looks very bad it looks really rough but then uh rikishi gets a super kick on him uh and that's uh brings us to our next match christian versus rikishi and i was fired up for this yeah match. sure i knew you would be <laughs> this is like i remember this match i remember this match i remember christian facing him and just something what, what do you have to say you well just talk to me about your viewing situation at the time was there like a tv in the living room everyone was gathered around it was there a tv in your room in the kitchen like what how would you watch wrestling we had a tv in the living room uh and maybe a tv in the kitchen at the time uh we had a tv in our room but it didn't get reception mm -hmm. we didn't have cable so we we're only watching upn right uh my friends would sometimes tape raw and give it to me so That's i could so watch nice. it um they would do that they, like for a while they do that yeah which is very nice um but i wasn't able to really watch much of it and honestly when i watch when i watch smack i always watch smackdown but it was always kind of grainy and always a little uh if there's a storm kind of right. fucked me up um so yeah this one i just love this this is christian solo christian first time solo and he has that uh, awesome music i love that, that music that entrance it's so good christian he broke off from from edge uh, and now he has a music of like uh, this opera singer, the being Christian, yeah. Christian, you're finally on your own. <laughs> and then it starts raining, raining. Uh, what is it called? Fire. Fire. Yeah. Like pyro. What is it called? Py no, it becomes raining. What is the sparklers? Thing sparklers. It's, it starts raining sparklers and he comes out. He's the European champion. Yeah. Uh, I used to love the European. Belt. So did I. Yeah. I remember thinking it was so cool. Um, but I was always wondering, I'm just like, why isn't there Asian belt. Why isn't there like a South American belt? Like, right. why is there just a European belt? Right. I thought that was a little weird. Um, which honestly makes sense now. Um, I don't know if it makes sense. I'm just accusing. Well, WWE they just never racist. traveled there consistently. So they like, did. Oh, they traveled everywhere. They've been to every continent. Yeah, I know, but they did. Besides they, Antarctica. They did. <laughs> they did. Uh, honestly, they yeah, they would always do European shows every year, and they had the British Bulldog. 
Yeah, no, I know why they had it, but I, I know, I don't know. No, no, no. I get why they have shows there. Sure. I don't understand having a title that's defended in Milwaukee called the uh, European right, title. Right. It doesn't make right. sense. To yeah, me. yeah. Uh, it should stay in Europe. It, well, it didn't have a very long run as a championship. I remember thinking like it was such a prestigious title. I remember like it dates back to British Bulldog. Shawn Michaels had it. <laughs> Triple H had it. Wow. Uh, I remember looking up the title history because I loved it when Al Snow won it. Al Snow won it. Remember when Al Snow won the European title and then he'd come out dressed like a different European country each time? That was him? Yeah. I didn't know that. Hey, let me ask you. I just pulled it up. I haven't looked at it yet. But let's both make a guess as to who was the last European champion. Do you know who it is? Oh man, I want to say. Do we have a year? I my assumption is oh, two thousand two. Yeah. My assumption is two thousand two as well. I think it was unified with something. Probably I, the I'm intercontinental gonna, title. I'm gonna say it was unified by Chris Benoit. Okay, I think the last ever independent, the the last champion that I can remember. Who's the last European champion that you can remember? Crash. Oh, interesting. My it was DDP because DDP beat Christian. DDP, but that was the earlier this year in two thousand one. I thought that was two thousand two. Well, let's find out who the last champion was. Oh, so, you're right. It is two thousand two. You're right. He beat him at WrestleMania. Wow! Wow! Look at this. So DDP won it, yeah. And then William Regal beat him for it, and then Spike Dudley beat William Regal, and then William Regal beat Spike Dudley, and then Jeff Hardy beat William Regal. Rob Van Dam beat Jeff Hardy to unify the titles. So Jeff what? Hardy was the last European champion. Jeff Hardy was European champion. Uh, RVD was intercontinental champion, and they came together to be the intercontinental champion. Weird. Weird. So Jeff Hardy's the last European champion. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's pretty good lineage. I like that, though. Um, but we have uh, Christian versus Rikishi. Uh, and, I, and Rikishi really could move at the time. This is post his heel turn. Uh, where he killed, tried to murder Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, now he's a baby face again, like nothing ever happened. Absolutely the same exact character from 2000. Yeah. It's back. It's like, back. Everything's back. Uh, and so they have a match. Fun match. Fun time. Fun Not match. Long. Not Very long. Yeah, but uh, uh, Christian and, and Rikishi, they work well together. Rikishi really works well with everyone, yeah. honestly. Uh, like he doesn't have like really stinkers because it's fun to see him work and he's always very agile and quick. Yep. So, and he's a smart, he's a smart wrestler. 100%. Um, we get some things in here. Um, uh, Test then comes out uh, and gives uh, his big boot. Best big boot in biz. Really good big boot. Definitely at the time, the best big boot. We can also talk about this later, but I forgot to bring it up before. I've really been paying attention, at least on this show, to Bubba. Bubba's got some good stuff going. Well, because we we've talked about how much you love Bubba, how he works. Yeah, Bubba's yeah, great. There's some good stuff, especially him and Spike. Him and Spike have really good chemistry together. I, I actually wrote down my notes and I didn't talk about it, but Bubba and Spike work so well together so well. because they lay it in. Yeah. But not just Bubba too. Bubba's beating him up, but, but Spike is yeah. like launching himself at him, being rough because they know they can. Right. They know they can together. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. Honestly, I would love to see just Spike and Bubba matches. There's a lot of them. Sure, tons, tons. There's tons of them. I would yeah. love to see uh, yeah. more of them because they, did, they do uh, work. Bubba put on Twitter the other day that he believes that Spike Dudley should be in the WWE Hall of Fame, and I agree. Oh, hell yeah. I oh, yeah. Oh, I I definitely think so. Yeah. He's a, a intercontinental tag. Yeah, uh, he won the Cruiserweight European Hardcore and Tag Team titles. Think about that. For a guy yeah. his size in that era to have all nuts. that success. Absolutely awesome. nuts. Before Ray. Right. 
before, right? before Ray. Ray. Right. Probably the first person of his weight to win a championship like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. 100%. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, we. Uh, but back to uh, Christian Rikishi. Tess comes out, gives a big boot. Uh, um, wait, comes out. Oh, no, no. He doesn't come out and give a big boot. He brawls with Rikishi. Mm-hmm. But Rikishi's just beating him up. Um, but the ref counts him out. Yeah, sure. Which is a weird thing, but uh, Christian's trying to keep the, the count going. He's just like, keep counting, keep counting. Uh, then he gives a stink face to Christian, which was very fun because he really got in there. Yeah, it was that was sure like, it was <laughs> like his mouth was right where his butthole would be, <laughs> like right there. Um, and then uh, Tess gives the big boot to Rikishi. She sells it like a bullet. Rikishi yeah. also sells amazing. He does. Him, him taking a clothesline. Yeah. is absolutely nuts his like spinning clothes like spinning um uh, flip yeah i Very used good. to stand on my parents bed and just practice that bump on my parents bed i would just like pretend to get clotheslined by no one i was by myself and i would just spin out and hit the, hit awesome. the bed but thousands awesome. of times that's so funny um okay next up we get in the back hurt angle with lance Storm. Uh, what a pairing I love honestly it. what a pairing if they had kept those two together for a little bit longer yeah. Like rather than just being a flighty thing, honestly, I think Lance Storm would have maybe picked up a little bit because honestly, uh, uh, like, the thing is like they're in the back and uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Angle is saying that they're going to face The Rock and RVD tonight. And he's like, we're so much more charismatic and cool. And yeah. he's just talking to uh, yeah. Lance Storm and Lance Storm. I feel like if he just played around with this more that he thinks he's cool and him and Kurt Angle are kind of the same, I feel like this would have been a uh, he may have had a, a different trajectory, um, but you really see that Kurt Angle shines. Oh, yeah. The, so these this segment specifically felt overproduced and hokey in the best possible way. Like it was yeah. so funny and so like put on. And you could yeah. tell that Landstorm's getting used to that like backstage WWE segment style. Like he's not used to it, and he's kind of like, all. "Hey, Kurt." I can't believe people don't think I'm charismatic. Absolutely not comfortable in any no. way. And also, <laughs> like, doesn't even, like, uh, aim for the camera. No. <laughs> He's not even, like, facing the camera a little bit. Um, but Kurt just shines. Honestly, oh when he shaved his head, yeah. he became less funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like him with hair is hysterical. All it's of his best moments are really, like, from when he had hair. Well, his funniest moments. His funniest moments. Oh, yeah, 100% yeah. is funny. Like, also, that dance move that he does is awesome. so funny. It's so funny. He does this weird dance move because he's trying to say that he's more charismatic than The Rock. Look at his dance move. He saw this on the street today. Yeah. And he, just, he does this move where it's it's so slight. It's so subtle. Like I, it's, yeah. it's so funny, subtle. But he just gyrates to the left and gyrates to the right just real quick. <laughs> And it's uh, it's worth the watch to see that moment. Um, and they're going to be facing uh, uh, RVD and The Rock tonight. Pretty fun for that. Yeah. Um, next up, we get Funaki in the back. Yeah. Funaki is laughing at Christian. And I'm always worried when I go back to SmackDowns and I sure. see Ty and sure. Kai, Kai and Ty or yeah. uh, some other people. But this was pretty harmless. He's making fun of Christian. Yeah. You have he says, you have a face. stinky face. <laughs> yeah. You have a stinky face. Uh, and Christian makes some reference that he's the virtual giant killer. I'm not sure what that, what he's, I guess Rikishi's a giant. I guess, yeah, he's saying virtually, like I'm virtually, like I'm a practically, I'm practically a giant killer. I killed this person. Weird. I just yeah. thought it was weird. Um, I did any, like any that he killings? said he was the champion of Europe. Yeah, I like that too. I yeah. like that a lot. Uh, Funaki's t-shirt. 
not good. What did it say? Uh, so I remember loving it as a kid because I loved Kind Eye. Sure. I thought they were great. Uh, I thought they were so funny, and I loved the dub over English. Uh, I loved it as a kid. I thought it was hysterical. Uh, but now it's just a picture of the rising sun, the Japanese rising sun, and it yeah. says evil over it. <laughs> and then on the back it says, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, wanted that t-shirt. I wanted that t-shirt yeah. so bad. Yeah. could never wear. No, not never, acceptable. Uh, next up we get Jericho at poolside. Chris Jericho, recently the new undisputed champion of the world. Yeah. I remember this promo vividly because I'm like, why is he wearing pants? <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember seeing this live and I'm just like, this is weird. Jericho's changed. He's not wearing pants anymore. He's wearing the shorts. And I didn't like that. Uh, very uncomfortable with it. Uh, Chris Jericho is sitting poolside drinking a, a, a daiquiri, it looked like. And yeah. he's got his belts there and he's talking about how he's so great. Yeah, he, I beat all these people. He's wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. Uh, and he's the new living legend. Uh, and that Ric Flair is just glad to be living. <laughs> uh, this was how did you feel about this? I how felt like you? this went too long. I yeah. thought it was fine, but it went too long. Yeah, this was the, the first big drop for me tonight because yeah. it's just like it's, it was kind of annoying. And it didn't honestly, I could see why they didn't have a lot of faith in Jericho mm-hmm. uh, from something like this, because I'm just like, this should be a home run. Yeah. You just have to be comfortable and be a dick. Right. But what he did ended up doing, it felt so put on first. Right. And I'm like, I, he, he, the one other thing is whenever Jericho makes a transition from, uh, from uh, baby face to heel, because he was a baby face before this. Right. right? Yep. He was a baby face leading up to vengeance. Yep. Uh, and then he became heel. And there's that always weird transitional face where uh, when Jericho is becoming heel, he just overdoes it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this was just overdoing. It yep. just felt too thick. It was too much, right? Hundred percent, hundred. He's working too hard to establish character. Too yeah, much exposition, like too much. It should have been gradual. You should yeah. have been like, well, it was an honor to face Rock and Stone Cold in one night. Really sad that they couldn't beat me. You know, yeah. and we're in camp. You know, like it just like kind of went that direction with it. Still be like, still kind of being the person you were before, but now you won a championship, so you're like, I'm better than them, right? Right. That just yeah. makes sense. He totally changed character, and he was still trying to figure this new one out. Yeah, the whole like post invasion thing, which we can talk about at some point, like really confused me because like Kurt Angle was kind of meant to be the giant babyface coming out of that because like he turned on WWE to join the invasion and then turned on the invasion to help the WWE defeat the invasion, but then immediately became a bad guy and Triple H, who was a heel, or not Triple H. Austin, who was a heel the whole time, immediately became a babyface. And then Jericho was like this kind of triumphant babyface throughout most of it. And then he turned heel. It was very weird. It's it was very, very confusing. Weird. And I especially, yeah, I remember that being confusing too. I'm just like, I, I remember being glad that uh, that Kurt Angle was a bad guy again. Yeah. Because he was so much funnier. Yeah. When he's a good guy, he was not funny. Uh, him drinking the milk, I thought that was stupid. Yeah. You no, know, the, the, the big milk truck thing. Yeah. Always hated it. Always hate it. I'm just like Stone Cold did that with beer. You're just doing the same thing and it's not funny. <laughs> You're forcing it. You should like milk when the backstage, not in front of people. Um, <laughs> it all probably smelled so bad afterwards. Too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was very stinky. Stinky. Um, next up, we have the match. We have the match. Kurt Angle and Lance Storm versus The Rock and Rob Van Dam. What a pairing. Rock and R- yeah. RVD. Interesting. Very interesting. Really interesting. Um, have they ever fought? Yes. 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 I don't know that for sure, but I think either in 2002 or 2003. Oh, uh, or, or during the invasion. They could have very easily had a match during the invasion, too, that I'm not aware of. Oh, uh, in one-on-one, I, I learned about Lance Storm in this match. 
Mm. Because everyone else in this match, Kurt Angle, The Rock, RVD, you know what binds them all together and makes them stand out? What? They're selfish. And they know, <laughs> they know how to take and get their spots over. Lance Storm, he just was a punching doll for the entire yeah. match. Yep. Didn't get his shit in at all. Nope. He could have. Yeah. He could have if he took it, but he was too much of a company man. He was there uh, like, to the take rock the... Is the rock. Yeah. RVD is RVD. I better look like, I better make them look so great that they don't even, the fans don't even know I was in the match. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, and yeah. that's kind of like what it felt, right? Yeah, yeah. Who gets beat with the people's elbow? Lance Storm, yeah. that's who. Lance Storm. <laughs> Lance Storm. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a fun little match because yeah, they all fun. did their shit. Um, I just love seeing Kurt Angle's punches. Yeah. Always love Kurt Angle's punches. Yeah. Um, seeing Kurt Angle work when he was like this is really a treat. Oh, yeah. 2001, 2002, 2003, Kurt Angle, the best. Right before he's that first neck surgery. And then everything became yeah. like, kind of like, I'm worried for you. Like uh, for years, it became like uh, almost just like a tense subject. Like, is Kurt going to be okay? <laughs> like, well, the thing uh, I, that's so funny is like, I loved Kurt Angle for some reason, circa 2002 became my favorite wrestler. I don't know why, but he really did. As soon as he shaved his head, I loved his look. I loved all of his gear that he was wearing at the time. Like he was really trying to change it up his gear and he fought Rey Mysterio and he was fighting edge and he was having all these great matches. I just loved him. And then when he had that neck surgery in 2003 after WrestleMania, I was bummed, but then it was like, Oh, he's going to be back in three months. And even as a, like a 12 year old, soon to be 13 year old, I was like, that seems too soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that is too soon. Yeah. It is way too soon. He should have stayed out a little longer. We all yeah. know this. Um, but uh, the thing is like, I, it, it's just really refreshing to see this young, innocent Kurt yeah. angle yeah. full of life, uh, still doing it. I remember when he came back, one thing that always uh, bothered me and I understood it, but it bothered me when he came back out the next surgery, his Germans weren't the same. That's true. That is Germans true. were never the same again. Yeah. And I get why, because he didn't want to do that anymore. And he, uh, but I remember always being like, that's sad. Yeah. That's sad. yeah. And I was like, yeah, but either way, um, it's a good little match. We get the people's elbow on Lance for the win. And the crowd just loves the run. Oh my God. They just yeah. eat him up. Either they hate him or love him, but they all stand up when he does the people's elbow. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They want to catch um, that elbow pad. Oh man. I would have loved to catch the elbow pad. And I hated the rock. Yeah. Did I tell you this? I hated the rock growing up. No, I didn't know that. Oh, I absolutely hated him. He was my brother's favorite wrestler. And I remember thinking he was stupid because mankind's better. And he made fun of mankind. Why was older he making brother fun of or younger brother, younger brother, my older, uh, my older brother may have liked him as well. My brother, uh, my older brother. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember who his favorite wrestler was, but at first, when I first started liking wrestler, he was, he was just like, he used to like him when he's a kid and he's just like, Oh, that's stupid. And I remember when I first started liking it, he thought it was stupid because like, oh, I, I watched that when I was a kid, but literally like six months later, we're all watching it. <laughs> we're going to pay-per-views. We're all doing it again. Um, How much older is your older brother? Six years older, young six brother, years six years younger. Really? Yeah. Redley, six, nine. Anyway. I wish I, uh, no, uh, the, we, they've never seen the podcast. They've yeah, never okay, okay. And they don't even know I'm doing this. Um, you're so dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had any soundboard today. We had to get to yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, next up, Trish versus Mighty Molly. Yeah, this is a good little match. This is a good little match. Even Way too short. Way too short. Way too short. The shortest this match on the probably, show by far. Yeah, but this was probably one of the first really competitive women's matches I've ever seen. Because around this time, uh, like uh, Trish just started becoming... Um, not, if not important, but definitely, uh, 
in the in the women's division, they're like, oh, she's she wants. It's almost like they treated her almost uh, patronizingly mm-hmm. at first. Like I felt like, oh, let, let's give her the championship and let her try to wrestle. Right. Let her let her have her fun. But we're gonna have her in the calendar. We're gonna have her on the photo shoots, right. all that stuff. Right. And uh, but then she actually just really worked so hard and just really did it. And Mighty Molly, Molly Holly is amazing. Great, great worker. Incredible. She is gold from the onset. Everything looks good. The backbone of that division. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we get this really good little match. Um, Molly's such a pro the Mm -hmm. entire time. Uh, Trish is looking good. She's getting better. This is still not prime Trish. Trish in her prime is maybe like 2005, 6. I don't know. I would think 2002, 2003, like a year from then, she starts feuding with Victoria. She has so yeah, maybe 2003, 2004. Yeah. Um, but like, but 2005 still great. Oh uh, yeah, Mickey she's James great thing, from here on out. Like Mickey James yeah. angle and all that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So, she, but she, I don't think she was there yet. Uh, she was still working on it. Yeah. Um, but then at the end, uh, Trish gets a quick roll up, but Jazz comes out. <sighs> Man, does jazz fucking rock. I, yeah, I remember so good. not caring at all about yeah, jazz. Sure. I remember just not caring. I had no idea who she was. She showed up. She first showed up on Raw and I guess like explained who she was on Raw and I had no idea. So when <laughs> she showed up on SmackDown, they never showed a, oh, uh, Xbox Slam of the Week, jazz comes. Like <laughs> right. they never showed, like if they didn't care about them, like The Rock or Stone Cold, I never saw how they debuted on Raw. Right. And yeah. no one debuted on SmackDown. Right. ever because it was a tape program yep. um so i always got secondhand news um but uh, she destroys them and she looks great doing she it she looks great yeah man i, love I wish there was more love i wish there was more love for her then yeah. and i wish there's more love for her now yeah 100 percent, absolutely i think jazz and spike dudley are both hall of famers i would agree i would agree she had a wrestlemania match i think if you have a wrestlemania match you're not hall of fame <laughs> so yeah. everyone in the andre the giant battle royale Get in here. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think, what do I think? I think everyone should be in the Hall of Fame because they really deserve it. Put them Let's all put them in there. <laughs> and if they don't have a Hall of Fame for themselves yet, they should just make one like we did. Um, <laughs> or like uh, the Indie Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, did. you're such um, a jerk. We, we got to keep going, though. Had to sneak that in. We had to keep going. Though. Yeah, Wait, what, we do, what did I sneak in? Nothing. Keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Next up, we got Undertaker in the back. Undertaker and Vince and uh, Vince loves and respects Undertaker yeah. loves and respects. And he loves, he loves big, bad men. I respect <laughs> big men, respect bad men, Undertaker. I respect what you did to the Hardys on Monday. And I respect what you're going to do to Tajiri tonight. And he's like, but be careful of Tori. She can be intimidating. <laughs> and then Vince, Mc- and then uh, uh, Undertaker says, intimidating huh and walks off uh don't understand at all what any of that means <laughs> no no well, there's no point to this segment this segment was pointless yeah it, it was it was it was i uh again another guy it's like why are you a heel now like what happened you were just another guy during the invasion undertaker did nothing significant during the invasion nothing he didn't do anything significant in the invasion but this is my favorite undertaker we're coming up on my favorite Undertaker. Undertaker, uh, when he stops being the good American badass and starts being big evil. Yeah, yeah. When he's I big agree. evil, and then he's doing that guillotine with the chair. Yeah, that's Remember right. the chair guillotine? Yes. guillotine? Yes. When he puts he puts the chair up to their throat, to the opponent's throat, and then throws them on the ground in the chair. Like it, yeah. I always was like, how do they do that? 
Yeah. And I still don't know. I, I, I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty nuts. But we get that. Uh, then we get a quick trip over to WWF New York. <laughs> yeah. WWF New York. You ever go, Roy? No, I never went. I always wanted, I always wanted to. to. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've since read a lot of reviews about how terrible that place was, but I've yeah. always wanted to go. Oh, man. I always, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I remember thinking, like, I, I really want to go. But I even knew as a kid, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember thinking, like, it's, The Rock's not going to be there. Mick Foley's not going to be there. <laughs> Al no Snow might have be. been there. Well, Rhino was there this Sunday. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Rhino's going to, because he was uh, coming back from neck injury. Um, but he's going to be on heat, which was nice. But next up, we got a great, my favorite match of the night. Yeah, it was a fun match. It was fun. It's I guess it was for the hardcore title, but I missed that part. Yeah. Undertaker had the hardcore title at the time. I think he beat Jeff Hardy for it. Yeah, that makes sense. He beat Jeff Hardy for it. And so uh, Tajiri comes out. Uh, Tajiri is with um, uh, Tori Wilson. And I just like, I always liked their pairing together mm -hmm. uh, up until he became like a, a dick boyfriend that is happened that, at one point. That I think happen? that's. I think he became a heel, like a heel dick boyfriend. And that's how he started becoming heel. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but then the undertaker comes out, got that limp biscuit entrance. Yeah. I guess they got that license. Huh? Oh man. No, because Fred Durst loves them and they oh, love yeah, Fred Durst. For sure. There's no, for sure. there's no He's breaking going that into bond. The Hall of Fame next year. You know, Roy, tell me if you've ever seen this with undertaker coming out in the bikes. He's so tall, right? Yeah. I always thought when I was a kid, I was just like, those bikes look so dinky. Yeah. I remember thinking like they're so small and he looks uncomfortable riding. I'm just like, why don't they get him a bigger bike? Yeah. Why are I they getting him these small baby bikes? Were those his bikes? No, I think they got them from the area, wherever they were at the right. time. And they just had someone send their bike over. But I remember just thinking like, couldn't they have gotten big man bike? Like sure. he doesn't ride those. He wouldn't ride a bike that's that small, you know? Maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe. maybe they don't make bikes for him. When I see him riding a motorcycle, all I think of is the video games at the time where you could get on Undertaker's motorcycle and run him over. And yeah, that's what I would cool. do. That's that was pretty fun. That's a very fun thing. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. remember that. Um, but we get them coming out. And what we have is a very good match. Yeah, it's a good time. Because this is when Undertaker was starting to get back in shape because mm -hmm. he really let himself go in 2000 to 2001. Uh -huh. He was looking a little like he had that long, gross red hair. And he was looking like literally like uh, a sack of laundry. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. doing well. But the haircut's now he's, like, good. The he's haircut just, was good. He's huge. He's yeah. just like big and in yeah, like you said, like in shape and young. Yeah, and, and he moves great. And one way he is a giver. Yeah, I realized that about Undertaker, especially in this time period when he's able to sell. Because yeah. as the old character, he couldn't really sell, and and that was a debilitating thing for him. Now he could have real matches. So now he could take offense from Tajiri without breaking the gimmick. Right. And Tajiri knows how to work against the big man. Tajiri, Spike Dudley, all these people know how to work against the big man. Unfortunately, it's a lost art because they, uh, I will say everyone kind of works the same with everyone for the most part. Like I, I'll, like if you're a wrestler, you have your things that you do. Sammy's going to do the same things to Wardlow that he would do to wow. someone else. Yeah. yeah, he could pick up Wardlow. I'm sure he could pick up Wardlow and he could do some of those moves. Should he? No, I think he shouldn't. He should wrestle like he's a bigger, different person, a different wrestler. But like that's what Tajiri did. Tajiri's just like I have to get away. I have to do my fast kicks. Right. Um, there's that great power bomb spot. Yeah, that was the, my favorite spot in the match. It was great. Uh, so he, uh, uh, Undertaker picks him up for a power bomb, and he just get missed it. And boy does boy does he get missed it. Boy yeah. did Tajiri not miss. He covered that, was that good. guy. He looked like the giant on the green bean package. 
And we all know that the green mist is disorienting, not blinding. Right. Not blinding mist. Um, right. Not like black. For some reason, black mist doesn't do anything anymore uh, <laughs> because it's supposed to blind you forever. Um, that's why you don't use it. Um, but the, yeah, so it's a great little match and get some offense in. Did you like what? What else did you think about the match? Uh, you- yeah, I thought it was good. I thought Tajiri going for the tarantula, but unsuccessfully getting it was cool. Um, I also really loved the finish of this match too. I hated the announcers, uh, because Michael Cole didn't know what a dragon sleeper is in the what do dragon. You call it? It's the dragon sleeper that movie. No, I know. I know the dragon. Sleeper, oh, he just called he it call? some submission hold. Oh, Lord. and the whole thing is like the dragon sleeper originates in Japan and he's Japanese. There's like a lot, like a lot that can go into that, that I would have liked to see him kind of like tie in there that he didn't do. But I thought it was, it blew me away that he did a dragon sleeper. I was like, what's oh, happening? That was his finisher for a while. I didn't know that. I oh yeah. Know. So uh, the oh, Undertaker's I thought this finisher... was a one-off thing. Oh no, no. Undertaker was using the dragon sleeper for a little while. And, th- and that, that must've been one of the first times that he did it because uh, what he did that was different is he'd stand with the dragon sleeper. Yeah. Mostly with it the dragon so sleeper, big. you're on the ground or you wrap your, your uh, leg vinyl. Um, but he was standing with it. And it always looked cool. I always liked that as a finishing move for yeah. Taker, a submission move. Um, and he gets the tap out from Tajiri. Uh, yeah, just a great match. Great time. Great, yeah. time. great time. Loved it. And I just want to see, honestly, I just want to see more of Undertaker's matches for this time. Uh, I, lo- I really like Undertaker all the way up until 2000. 10 when he stops being kind of regular a regular wrestler yeah yeah i i don't disagree with that i just really like this version of the under like i like non dead man undertaker more yeah. than i like dead man undertaker because he's a better wrestler yeah he can do more he can be more involved like he he's just he's better especially like you said in this time period 2002 2003 like he's really he's doing his thing all his matches with brock in 2002 are awesome uh, him, him. I loved him watching SmackDown at that time. I loved him on SmackDown. He was really important to that show. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And one thing that I noticed, uh, you know what? Like his offense, he wrestled a completely different style yeah. when he became this character. Yeah. He became a, a, a brawler, which was like before he was a brawler, but he was kind of just like an like almost like a otherworldly guy. You know what he stopped doing? What? The sit up. Yeah. Don't eat it. For years, he stopped doing the sit-up. Yeah, don't. And eat it. when don't they brought it. it back at WrestleMania 20, hmm. and he sat up for Kane, that way I remember that, and it gave me goosebumps because I remember sure. I never, I never saw it live. Right. I I started watching it uh, end of '99 when he wasn't wrestling anymore. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, it was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but good, good match. Uh, then Big Show comes out. <laughs> yeah. Big Show comes out in his worst gear ever. Yeah. The worst gear he ever had as a wrestler. Where he's wearing the uh, Taz, the Taz outfit. Yeah. Uh, and it just doesn't look good on him, right? No, it doesn't. It looks really bad. It looks like he's wearing a diapy. What's your favorite Big Show outfit? I always liked the, um, I liked two, right? I liked him as the giant, where it was mm-hmm. the one strap, the Andre the Giant one strap. I always thought One strap and uh, like uh, short legs or yeah, all the yeah. way up? Okay. Andre the Giant, like black, okay. like Andre the Giant. And I liked that look. And I also like, um, I, I kind of like the 99 look where he wore like bicycle shorts and a t-shirt with no sleeves. I like that look. Oh, interesting. You like his re- WrestleMania 2000 gear. Yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But I also liked him with long hair. His like crew cut that he has. I don't like that as much. I, I keep thinking of him at the end of 99 with a long hair ponytail, mm-hmm. uh, long hair ponytail and wearing 
the trunks, just regular oh, yeah, trunks. Sure. And I remember thinking that was the most impressive yeah. because you get to see all this giant, you know, and he looked good because he was in good shape at the yeah. time. I also uh, donated him in jeans when he was heavyweight champion in 2002 when he wore jeans. Oh, I kind of like that too. Yeah. But he was grossly, he was bad shape. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, was. Was, he was smoking cigarettes all the yeah. goddamn time. <laughs> you know, he's real a uh, cigarette fiend. Yeah, right? well, I mean, he came to the ring uh, in WCW when he fought Sting in the main event of a pay per view and he was smoking a cigarette coming down to the ring. That's part of his gimmick then at the time, right? Kind of. That he was like kind of rebellious. <laughs> that was dummy. what he did. Yeah. Um, but Big Show comes out and he's. Uh, 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 he's a taker retreats and he's like, I've noticed you're fighting a lot of guys, but we, I, I don't even know how to do a big show voice. I guess you're yeah. fighting a lot of guys yeah. that are smaller. <laughs> Why don't you pick someone your own size? And uh, taker comes back and you think he's gonna fight, but no, he just gets on his bike and leaves. Yeah, uh, and um, yeah, green mist and all his face green still mist covered in green mist. I would love to see his reaction when he looks at the bear because he's someone that hates to look stupid. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I wrestled looking like this. He <laughs> probably thought it wiped off. Um, but yeah, uh, so he's going to respectfully uh, kick his ass. Oh, I love that. He's I, like, I, I respect you, Taker, and I'm going to respectfully kick your ass. Yeah, that was so corny and so funny. It was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I could also see why Big Show never got over. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. I, it's just like he just didn't realize less is more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Throughout his just, entire career up just, until yeah. Paul Heyman. Right, right. Paul, he needed someone to talk for him. He needed someone to talk for him. But that's also when he started wrestling like a giant because he was so overweight. He couldn't do the drop kicks anymore. Yeah, right. And he also needed he, to look even bigger because he was trying to put Brock over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was really his probably the, the shining moments against Brock. Yeah. And he was heavyweight uh, champ at that time, which was very he cool. Was, it was cool. I, I did like the up. jeans. I, yeah. I'm thinking about it now. I did like the jeans. Jeans love. Uh, um, but then we get uh, after that, Stacy's in the back uh, and uh, Stacy's uh, tying her boots. And then we see Billy and Chuck. They're coming over. And they're like, I'd like to get a piece of that. And she turns around in disgust. But they were just talking about the hair gel. Yeah, just talking they about were talking about the hair gel. And then she's just like, what are you two doing? She, they're like, what are you doing with the hair gel? And they're like, we want to look good. <laughs> but this this calendar model, we could be on a calendar. And then they start posing for the calendars like January. <laughs> February and then March they start marching <laughs> and, and and they both did at the same time and they didn't know they were going to do it at the same time and they're like yeah that's so funny it's so cool um honestly I as, as a kid I loved it yeah I thought they were funny yeah. I thought it was a funny gimmick and I remember thinking at the time because I was you know growing up Catholic uh it, there was like a, a, a definite homophobia in my sure. life sure. I was very homophobic but like this was around the time that I was just like I was like, you know what? If this is how gay people are, this is fine. <laughs> like, I remember thinking, this is the gay representation that I had. And I was like, and I was like gay people aren't that bad. <laughs> it worked. It, it yeah. worked. It did oh, a good job. Good job. That was the first. That was the first gay quotation characters <laughs> I have ever seen. Yeah. And I ever knew. I knew Will and Grace was about uh, homosexual people, sure. but I did. Ne I never watched it. I couldn't yeah. watch it. I was afraid. <laughs> afraid what happened to me. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, what do you think of Billy and Chuck? I thought they were fun. I thought they were fun. I I like Chuck more than Billy. I think. Because I, I feel like... Is it the belly button ring? No, I think it was just that Billy, at least in this segment, felt a little uncomfortable. In no, this, yeah, like he, he hadn't figured it out yet. And no, Chuck no. just was like, I got it. 
Yeah. I'm I, especially later when he gets the pigtails. Yeah. He yeah. gets these two cute little pigtails. Uh, Chuck, it's very cute. And they start uh, wearing like red and white tie dye to the ring. And Rico is like such a fun like addition. Yeah, that, that was honestly like, I wonder I, like, after, if we watch more of these and we see maybe the progression of Billy and Chuck, I really wonder if it ever crossed the line. Because I don't yeah. think this crossed the line. Well, this I didn't think, cross the line at all. No, it didn't. I think the wedding thing doesn't cross a line, but it's kind of in poor taste. It's poor taste, just because. But it was also well, the whole what, thing what I is poor taste, is, I suppose. Yeah, the whole thing's I guess poor taste. That's WB is poor taste, right? Um, but yeah. Uh, then after that, we get Arn Anderson in the back <laughs> with Ric Flair, and then Arn's just like, oh, "He's a tough guy, Vince. Well, Vince I respect you. I respect you because I wouldn't take him. I'm proud of you." Yeah, proud, proud. He's proud of him. Uh, then Stephanie walks. Stephanie McMahon, Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. And she has a proposition yeah. for the old Ric Flair. And she wants to be hired back. And she thinks that she has the perfect recipe to take care of her father because she knows him better than anyone. And then uh, Ric Flair's like, I know you and Shane know a lot about your father. She's like, I know better than Jane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know better than Jane, uh, which I think was real. That was not like not yeah, a thing. Yeah, like that was yeah, really. Right. The Don't bring moment. him up. Why are you bringing him up? Because I guess segment. Shane's off TV until Vince, until Kane is unmasked in 2003 and like sets Jim Ross on fire. Is he? I think he's gone for a while. No. Oh, I don't know about that because I, the, so 2000, he had the thing where he's the big shows guy. Right. And then 2001, he had the Kurt Angle match. Right. 2002, I think he has test. That's 2000. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Where he falls off the scaffolding? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 2000? Well, it's confusing because he falls off a scaffolding against Steve Blackman, against Test, and against Big Show 2, I think. Like, he f- fell off a lot of things. But, no, because Test in 2002. No, I think Steve Blackman was in 2000. And then think Test so. is 2002. I don't think so. We're going to have to find out. We're yeah, going to have to do some have research that on that. We'll let you know, fans. Uh, make sure to follow us on Loser Lose Wrestling on TikTok yeah. and Instagram, all those things. Yeah. I forgot to say that earlier. Yeah. Um, but Ste- but Ric Flair says, uh, you know, I appreciate the advice, Stephanie, and I bet you know him a lot, but I don't want to hire Ric Flair, uh, hire McMahon. And he says it better. He says it like, uh, I, don't wanna- I can't do his voice. Right <laughs> now. I was about to do Adam Sandler. Um, <laughs> we'll hire McMahon. And uh, Steph's like, gets really pissed yeah she's, she's just like you made this. an enemy here triple h is coming back soon and he's gonna kick your ass type thing yeah and uh this is the start of her turning on triple h uh do you remember the whole angle with that yeah yeah this is the really like well the, the work she does with triple h isn't very good but like no. 2002 2003 is the best version of stephanie mcmahon gm of smackdown stephanie mcmahon was my favorite stephanie mcmahon by far Interesting. I don't know if I have a favorite. I know she's good at times, but honestly, she's never sustained being good enough for me to have a favorite time. Sure. You know, like I didn't like her as a face GM. Did oh, not like her as a face GM. I thought she was great. I remember not liking her. Um, I don't know why. Uh, but uh, either way, we're going to that's just adding more fuel to the fire. Right. Now we have Edge versus Kane. Oh, that's right. This was weird. Weird. Uh, Edge comes out to his Rob Zombie music. Um Kane comes out in my favorite attire. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Same. Kane in the 
the straps, the straps with kind of see-through fire yeah. patches. Yeah. Uh, I'm big into full that mask. with the full mask. Full, full mask. mask. Yeah. Not when he has that half mask bullshit. Yeah. Don't that like really it. upset me yeah. when he had the half mask. I'm just like, was he supposed to be burned? Right. Isn't he supposed to be burned? Right. You've been telling us this entire time. Um, but man, this is a clunky match. Clunky, yeah, weird. A weird ending. His mask kind of comes ajar. I don't think that's intentional. And like, I don't know if this led to anything either. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, uh, it was a really weird phase for Kane at the time because he was still uh, he was just getting off the Brothers of Destruction thing, right? Uh, where he won the champions with a uh, championship with Undertaker, and it was kind of a fun little tag team thing. But they're not doing that anymore because Undertaker is a bad guy. Right. Kane's now this face, but until the brand split, did we actually get to see him shine? Right. Where oh, even though I didn't like it, he teams with RVD, has the half mask, he has a program with Triple H, Katie Vick. Uh, that all happened the next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And RVD but, and him had some good matches with what? Regal and Storm? Regal and Storm and yeah. the Dudleys. And, right. Um, or maybe not the Dudleys. Yeah, I think the Dudleys. By two, I thought they that, got split up. That all happened in split. 2003. That tag run happened in 2003. 2002 was Katie Vick and all of right. that stuff. Yeah, and then that was like the first part of 2003. I know that because the pre-show match, the first ever pre-show match I ever watched was WrestleMania 19, and it was a triple threat. It was the Dudleys, RVD and Kane, and Regal and Storm with Sean Morley. That's 2003? Yeah, it was 2003, yeah. Somewhere around there, Booker T and Goldust are flipping around. Two, that's the end of 2002. Okay, okay. Now yeah. we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a weird match. Uh, yeah. Mass comes ajar. Uh, Edge spears Kane for the win. It just made Kane look like shit. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, the thing is, like, we were talking about big man matches before. The first move of this match with Kane, the big red machine. Right. Was a headlock. Yeah. Edge grabbed a headlock on Kane. Weird. Why is anyone grabbing a headlock or able to grab a headlock on Kane? Yeah. Yeah. Why would Kane let anyone grab a headlock? Right. Like, I just, it's, it's it, not, before a punch is thrown, like, it was just a weird match. Um, and I didn't like it. Did not yeah. like it. It's weird because I would like these two. I just don't think these two have good chemistry. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, next up, we have Booker T and the big boss man in the back. Crazy. Uh, which is crazy. Big, uh, they say they're going to make uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin handicapped. <laughs> they said, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it's funny to see book uh, Big Boss Man here at this time because he Crazy. took a long time off. Yeah, uh, and I remember him coming back, and I remember I do remember this match. This I is one of the only matches. Forgot. This is one of the only matches that he had back. Yeah, because he left soon after. Yeah, and I remember thinking he looked like because he was not wearing his big boss man gear of 99 right. where he's like kind of looks like a SWAT member or like the shield like a member uh, of the shield right? first member of the shield <laughs> um uh, but he looked like he's wearing this silk shirt this yeah. silk shirt that he's sweating right through and because it's like it was tucked in and it became untucked during the match it just looked like he was like so frumpy yeah um but honestly you could go yeah. let me ask you a question this yeah. blew my fucking mind how old do you think the big boss man is in this match? 41. 38. No. Yes. He died when he was 41. I thought the, I thought he died this year. That year, 2000. He died 2004. Two. He was. Oh, he, man. He had just turned 38. It is crazy to me that this man was wrestling in his third decade and he was 38 years old. That's nuts. That's nuts. But he, but he could move. Uh, like I, I yeah, remember thinking, of in the, I remember thinking, I remember thinking the night. No, but like when he was in the SWAT year, 
he was a little stiffer. Like he was yeah. just like not moving as well. He wasn't taking yeah. as many bumps. He was just kind of like being a big man. Yeah. But here he was like bumping. He was like yeah. running around yeah, doing his old stuff where he'd slide underneath the ring. Those clothes are a lot lighter for him. Yeah, rock lighter. Like, <laughs> like an angel out there. Yeah, yeah. And Booker T never got tagged in. <laughs> like, yeah. like this like boss man was just beating the shit out of Stone yeah. Cold for 10 minutes, yeah. <laughs> for 10 minutes straight. And then uh, Stone Cold made a comeback on Booker T. Uh, but then uh, what happens at the end here? Um, Bossman dismantles Austin for a while. Booker T gets a sidekick when uh, when Stone Cold was distracted, and uh, they get the win with a sidekick. Yeah, uh, Booker T, and uh, a little anticlimactic finish there. Yeah, this whole like weird. I've I've always wanted to kind of go back and watch the end of two thousand one, two thousand two Stone Cold because it all feels like weird booking because he doesn't yeah. feel like a star anymore. The crowd's yeah. treating him like a star, but he's not being booked like a star anymore. It's very yeah. bizarre. It- and, uh, and they're treating him like a star, but I, I feel like even the crowd is just kind of like, yeah, over yeah. like that was the worst thing for his character to turn heel. Yeah, yeah. Stone Cold turning heel at WrestleMania 17 changed the course of uh, honestly, if he was to stay face against Invasion, mm-hmm. against the Invasion, maybe next year. The, the well, coming year, this yeah. coming year during their uh, the Rock sure versus Hogan, yeah. and you've got you know, Triple they, H back. Yeah. You got Triple H back. You got Stone Cold. Now you have all the NWO. You have DDP. You have, I'm sure they were, Scott Steiner was probably around about then. I mean, he, he comes later in that 2002. Year. Yep. He comes later that year. Was it No Way Out? He debuted at Survivor Series 2002. Late okay, so it was a little later. But he should. Uh, but he could have come earlier. He could have come in earlier. They could have had a really cool invasion angle. Absolutely. And have it be, have it be the NWO, uh, uh, NWO, who else? Um, DDP and Booker T. Yeah. There's your five and Scott Steiner, and so if if they had Scott, sure. um, but like against Triple H, um, well, also you've got Flair at that point too. So Flair's leading the whole thing too. I mean, Flair yeah. could be a part of it also. Man, that was just such a wasted yeah. opportunity, and also just a bad move for Stone Cold. Uh, Stone honestly, Cold- I think the Stone Cold turning, uh, turning heel, may have caused Vince McMahon to hot shot the invasion. It's possible because the thing is, like he he had this character. That was now a bad guy that no one really bought as a bad guy, but they had to buy as a bad guy because he was doing bad guy things. Yeah. And he had no top face anymore, except for The Rock. The Rock was the guy, but even the fa- like it was just it was they so just fought each other too. They, they just, just fought each other. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing was was not was not good. And I think like him turning heel initially wasn't that bad. Cause then he had that run where he fought Benoit and Jericho and they had some really good matches. And there was a lot, but he sh- they blew it. Him joining the invasion is what killed him, yeah. I think personally. That was so much worse than the initial heel run. But yeah, here we are. Wow, what fun we had! What fun uh, we had! We had fun. so much fun covering the SmackDown and uh, Young Rock. I did not have fun. With yeah, Young Rock. Fun. but the SmackDown was good. The SmackDown was fun. The SmackDown was fun. Um, we're going to be we're having more podcasts. Check out all our podcasts and check out uh, TikTok and our Instagram. Lose Lose Wrestling a little bit of here, a little bit of there. Um, maybe you should check out our Patreon if you're so inclined. If yeah. you have the money, if you have, if you don't, don't worry about it. We're not worry mad at it. you. We're, we're friends with you. Check yeah. us out live stream. Check out our live stream every Wednesday and Saturday. Wednesday, right after AEW Dynamite. Right after. You can check out our loading screen immediately after. That's got true. Tam on it. Got Tam on it. On it. And, uh, and then uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific on Saturday for the Weekly Wrestle. The Weekly Wrestle. We're having a lot of fun here, right, Roy? We're doing it. We're having a great time. I'm excited to do um, our next empty arena. It's going to be great. 
I'm, well, I'm excited what you pick. We're we're doing it like I pick uh, Mondays and he's picking. Well, well, let's not give dates. Yeah, I pick one day and he picks the other day, yeah. uh, which I'm excited to see what Roy has in store. Um, and thank you to everyone who's supported us so far. We really appreciate it. Everyone that's joining us on the chats uh, and everyone uh, that support us on Patreon, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Anything else to add, Roy? That's it. That's, that's it. it. Uh, bye, friends. We're going to say goodbye in a second as soon as I get the audio ready. Yeah. Um, yeah oh, no, we're here oh. We uh, as, we, as we exit, I just got a notification on my phone that Kushida. Who's uh, Kushida? Kushida, who wrestles in NXT, a famous Japanese wrestler, has left the WWE. He's out of here. Thank oh, is he the guy in the Back to the Future outfit? Yes. Yes. Ooh. yes. Yeah, he is no longer in the WWE. And the big announcement that's coming up on Wednesday is New Japan going to be doing a show with AEW? Uh, I hope it's HBO Max, but that would be fun too. We'll see. We'll find out. Check us out on the uh, the Woos and What's this Wednesday. Bye. Bye.